Welcome back to the Outcomes Rocket. Saul Marquez is here again. And today I have the privilege of hosting Leslie Krongle to the podcast. She is a patient advocate diagnosed with myotonic dystrophy in 1998. She soon became a support group facilitator. Over 22 years, she launched support groups throughout the United States, Canada, and Europe. And in 2016, she started the Glass Half Full podcast with a focus on positive living for those with chronic health conditions and or disabilities. And she just is such a tremendous person and an educator by training. She's got her EDD, but she's also an educator for patients and physicians and showing them the patient's perspective of chronic conditions. And so such a pleasure to have you here today with us to tell your story, Leslie. Thank you very much, Saul. I'm glad to be here. Yeah. So you're doing so many great things. You have your podcast, which you've done over 90 interviews with different people. And you've got your website and all the work that you're doing for facilitation of these workshops for patients. What inspires your work? Well, you know, I was diagnosed with this condition 20 some odd years ago, and it was certainly a life-changing experience. And I had been familiar with neuromuscular disease, not that it was in my family. I wasn't aware of it. It's a hereditary condition, but I didn't know about it until my mid-30s when I was diagnosed. Mm -hmm. But I had volunteered with the Muscular Dystrophy Association when I was growing up in Florida, just because I grew up watching Jerry Lewis Telethon. And it was just one of those things. It was part of life in the 70s. Mm -hmm. And I, I was a counselor at an MDA camp. And I met kids and adults with, you know, different types of neuromuscular disease. So when I was diagnosed 15, 20 years later, and I was living out here in California, I joined a support group. Mm -hmm. And within a few months of joining that support group, the staff member there asked if I wanted to facilitate the group. So all of that was just, you know, it happened without seemingly any kind of control on my part. I was thrown into this. My background was in filmmaking. I went to film school. I was not a social worker. And here I was learning about my condition, learning about other people's conditions, because there are more than 50 different types of neuromuscular disease, and they were coming to the support group. And they were in varying stages of, quote-unquote, progression or disability. And they represented a cross-section of humanity, of education, of socioeconomic status, cultural affiliations. It was an amazing experience. And yeah, I mean, I just kept learning and growing and loving these people who I was getting to know. And I think that was the early formation of what inspired me to switch gears you know so the work I had been doing professionally I was a multimedia producer and instructional designer that I started to work in that capacity when I was still working in healthcare. so I was just drawn to it because of what was going on for me with my own health condition because of what was happening in the support group because I was learning about 
symptoms that I had no experience with. I mean, I had people with ALS come into the group and, you know, as you know, it's a very progressive condition and they have to deal with so much. So I had that. And then professionally, I was exploring other areas of chronic illness, you know, as a, as a educator and earning a living for it. So mm-hmm. all of that sort of has been this you know, major inspiration that propelled me to grow a support group program for a patient advocacy organization, as well as go back to school. And my dissertation for my doctorate was in the area of self-management of chronic health conditions. And I worked with a multiple sclerosis society to do my research So all of those things have really inspired me and sort of, you know, where I'm going on this trajectory four years ago was the podcast. Mm -hmm. And, you know, different doors have been opening as I've been doing the podcast and writing blogs and, you know, sitting on different panels for conferences. So that's the short answer. (laughs) I love it. No, you know, and, and I love the name. You know, the glass half full, you know, when you get the news that you have a chronic condition, it's never easy and it's hard to stay positive. So I love that you went with this name. Can you tell me a little bit about the biggest way you feel that you're adding value to patients and the healthcare community? Well, I feel like, you know, I I have a mission or, you know, a message and I could probably, you know, That could be like the elevator, 30-second elevator pitch. But that pitch comes out of this container of me as a, you know, woman in her 50s, white, educated, yada, yada, right? That's the container. But there are a lot of different people with that same message. Yeah. And I love finding those people in different containers, different voices, different backgrounds, different paths. But they have essentially the same message. And that is a positive message that, okay, you've been dealt this, you know, you've been served lemons. What are you going to do to make the lemonade, Mm -hmm. you know? And Mm -hmm. and I I feel, I mean, I'd be lying if I, you know, said I'm always glass half full. I'm always positive. Of course. Yeah, nobody. But I have been able to develop the tools and resilience to handle the progression of my condition and to come from a place of gratitude for what I do have, and I have a passion. I'm always looking forward to different things, different projects, different ideas. So in a nutshell, I think, you know, by sharing my message and finding other people whom that message resonates with, and they're doing amazing things in spite of having a debilitating condition, they're still living a quality film life. I believe, you know, that's the impact. So it's, it's just, a, you know, like a, a box, of, a tool chest where people can tune in and hopefully you know, find a tool that works for them. Love it. That's so great. That's such a great way to think of it. You know, it's a tool chest. And if you or somebody in your life has a chronic condition and, you know, you're thinking, man, I wonder if Leslie did an episode on that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, This is a good chance to check her out. So the URL is glass half full online. 
And we'll leave a link for you to check that out and just see if you could find something on there. You might be surprised with what you find. She's done over 90 of these. And so what would you say is an example of maybe some of the feedback, right? Folks, before we got online here, Leslie was sharing some of her successes and she's pretty humble. So I'm going to pull these out of her. (laughs) Um, Give me some of the examples of feedback that you've gotten and how you believe you're improving outcomes and making life better for people. Well, I, I get comments on the Facebook page and on the podcast notes, you know, on the website, people can comment. And every once in a while, I email here and there people, strangers, you know, who talk about loving the podcast, they're, you know, regular listeners, or they'll respond to one specific episode that, you know, maybe touched upon the condition they have. And, you know, all of that is so cool or going to a conference and being approached by a total stranger and they tell you as soon as they hear Glasset Folding, oh my God, I love that podcast. <laughs> so, you know, so that's that's wonderful. But I, I would say that something that was totally unanticipated is hearing from different healthcare professionals and uh, researchers who are regular listeners. And that's a real vote of, you know, validation. I recently received a message and an invitation from someone at University of Utah who, she's a uh, psychotherapist and clinician there. And she said she refers people to the podcast and they've invited me to be a keynote speaker at their annual meeting in October. So, I mean, I wasn't looking for that. That just sort of, <laughs> you know, materialized. And, and that, you know, is incredibly, uh, it motivates me to do, you know, to keep going because I don't make a living doing the podcast. I mean, maybe sometime it will, uh, you know, generate revenue. But right now, you know, it's, it's really um, building listeners, hearing that the content makes a difference in people's lives. So yeah, that, you know, that's been some of the great feedback. No, that's great. And, and so as you think about your journey, the people you've touched, the stories that you've been able to share with your audience, what would you say has been maybe one of the biggest setbacks or challenges in doing what you're doing? And what was the key learning that came from that? Well, I like to think that I'm constantly learning. You know, I learned from Mm -hmm. setbacks as well as positive experiences because I'm all about lifelong learning. (laughs) Um, I haven't had a major setback in the context of the four years I've been doing the podcast. I mean, I have, um, I think I've applied for a few different opportunities that I, I didn't get yet. For me, one door closes and, you know, a few Weeks later, after I've totally forgotten about that setback, a new door opens. So I don't have any specific incident to say about a mm-hmm. setback. I, I didn't, um, <laughs> in May, 
my computer died. <laughs> and and so I went That's a for, setback. Leslie, is, that's a is. setback. <laughs> I I didn't even realize it was just it had been seven years old. Oh my so, god. And so, you know, I, I once I realized, oh, I think it was seven years ago, so I ordered a new one and because of all the uh shipping and you know all the delays because of covid oh it yeah took a, it took a month to get the new oh computer God, a month yeah i think it was coming from japan and you wow. know it's a uh an apple um, an imac desktop mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and you do everything on your computer so you what, what did you do well i i have a laptop oh but- okay so you, yeah. you knock stuff out on your laptop. I didn't, I didn't knock out any podcasts because I, it, you know, the laptop, the CPU power is not as great for me um, yeah. as my desktop. So I wrote some blog posts, you know, but I, I didn't publish a, an episode for about a month. So, I mean, no, that was a setback. Nothing uh, <laughs> I would say cataclysmic. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, when, when a lot of what you do is on your computer and then it goes away. I mean, hey, when the internet goes out, it's like, oh, you're kidding me. <laughs> and if, went, if the internet, well, so folks, what would you do if your internet went out for a month? <laughs> I think that would be a setback. <laughs> Especially now when we're connecting via Zoom, you know, all the time. Yeah. It is the virtual normal. <laughs> it is. And I love it. I I hear all sorts of stories about Zoom fatigue and I don't know. I as someone who is probably healthier staying home, you know, for the most part. That's a good point. Oh, yeah. People with chronic illness. I've talked to so many people that say they feel healthier than they have in years. Amazing. And you're not stressed, right, about having to go here or there? No. I mean, I have to say, you know, thank God I live in a a house. I'm able to afford money. I'm able to afford food to be delivered. I mean, you know, I have some privileges that not everybody with a chronic health condition might have. But, uh yeah, I'm okay. I'm I'm uh, coping good. coping with COVID. That's good. That's good. So, what are you most excited about today, Leslie? I I don't know when the whole patient voice in healthcare started. I don't know if there's a you know a demarcation of like boom the birth of the patient voice, mm-hmm. but I would say that I've seen it steadily growing over the years. And I find that very exciting. I mean, winning a trip to the health conference was great. And getting to meet and interact with a lot of people in healthcare that I never would have had an opportunity before was wonderful. I'm on a patient advisory committee for Kaiser, mm-hmm. Kaiser Healthcare in their life care planning. And what we're doing there is really exciting for me. I've been, um, for lack of a better term, kind of peripherally involved in the death positive movement. And I know that if you're not familiar with that term, it's probably scary, but it's all about, you know, planning for end of life. And it's something, you know, I've shared in support groups but it's a growing movement and you know and and now i'm participating on a panel with physicians and other healthcare professionals as well as other patients so that's exciting 
And then in terms of, um, I'm seeing, and you know, I've been dealing with this progressive illness for 22 years, I'm seeing a real shift with physicians and other healthcare professionals sort of expanding their horizon and bringing in a lot of non-Western healing modalities into their traditional practice. Mm-hmm. And I, um, for years in the in-person, you know, support group, we would have a physical therapist come in and talk to us. And she was someone who was skilled with working with people with neuromuscular disease. And she would go over, you know, a lot of like balance and, you know, core strength and same old, same old every year. I mean, but she's a good speaker and people loved her. And the last few times she came to the in-person group, she started talking about meditation and mindfulness and bringing that component into her work. And I'm seeing it in, not just in my own experience, but I go to different medical seminars or sessions at UCSF School of Medicine they put on for the public and they'll have a series about a particular topic like I think pain management was one over six weeks and there are different you know uh, physicians who speak on it and of the six every one of them mentioned yoga tai chi meditation in addition to, you know, some of your more traditional pharmaceutical approaches to pain management. And I get, I'm, I'm very excited about that. Leslie, yeah, you know, I'm a big fan of, you know, wellness and meditation and breathing and music to feeling better. Actually, a couple weeks ago, I had an interview with a lady, her name is Jamie Pabst. And she is the founder of Spiritune. I don't know if you've heard of that one, Leslie. Spiritune? No, I don't think I have. Yeah. So Spiritune, basically, it's a music app. And you can do a free trial. And you listen to it. You tap on how you feel. And then you tap on how you want to feel. And it uses the music to get you there. Oh. Oh, I love it. It's so great. And so it's just things like that, right? Through the use of music and breathing. I'm all about that, too. So. I think it's great that you've gotten into that. And overall, you know, you're such a positive person and you're able to just be truthful too, right? Like, hey, I'm not glass half full all the time. And I think that's very, very key, you know? And so folks, I wanted to get Leslie on the podcast today so she could share her story and share her great work. I want to encourage all of you to, to check her out and check out her podcast and her blog and all the great work that she's doing she's covered it. She's covered a lot of chronic conditions on her podcast. So there's nothing like hearing a personal story. And she does that very well with a lot of people, as she said, that are in different containers, Um, (laughs) but that they have stories to share. And so we're here at the end, Leslie, and and I love for you to share a closing thought with the listeners and the best place that they could reach out to you if they had any questions or check out your work. Well, certainly going to the website, online, and there's a link, you know, to send me a message. Or if you wanted to just write to me, Leslie at online. And I have interviewed a number of physicians on different topics. And I interviewed one physician who actually 
has had a, her own journey with a chronic health autoimmune disorder. And she wrote a book. And, you know, I'm, I'm very intrigued by memoirs by physicians who at some point, you know, in their career, they have to deal with their own health crisis because mm-hmm. it in, inevitably changes a person, whether you're a scientist or, you know, a postal worker. It, it's going to shift your perspective on life. So if I have a closing thought, I think I'm becoming, I'm realizing that what I'm doing, the people I'm interviewing on the podcast, it's not just an audience for people with chronic health conditions. It's really any human (laughs) who is interested in increasing their quality of life, perhaps their longevity. They believe in health and wellness. And we're all going to end up dealing with some sort of health issue, whether it's just something that happens in old age or, you know, if it's a member of our family. So I welcome people to, you know, there's a search there and you can search for gratitude. You know, if you're Mm. into, you want to explore the, you know, the attribute or concept of gratitude, there are a number of different podcast episodes where people have talked about gratitude. People who have had really intense health journeys, as well as practitioners. I interviewed a a clinical nurse who um, is fairly healthy, but she spoke all about mindfulness as a disease management strategy, which was a very interesting uh, interview. But she talks about gratitude. That's a great insight, Leslie, and I'm glad you mentioned that. So not just for chronic conditions, it's for everybody that wants to live a better life. And I think that's a great call out. And we appreciate your invitation to do that, Leslie. I'm certainly going to take you up on it. I'm going to be listening to a couple episodes and who knows, maybe I'll binge listen to all 95 (laughs) of them. Well, well, you know, especially Saul, during this time, you know, the pandemic, I think health and wellness and anxiety and resilience, all of these terms that we're hearing about, you know, in mainstream media, these are a lot of things that people with chronic health conditions have been exploring for years. And, you know, hey, we all want to share it with you. <laughs> Love it. Uh, what, a, what a great, great close there, Leslie. And I just want to say thank you again for joining us. I really appreciate your time and just congrats on all the great work that you're doing to inspire people to be grateful and, and live fulfilled lives. Well, thank you very much, Saul, for the opportunity.